I want to um, welcome everyone. I'm Ivy Rivera. I'm a psychic medium, Taino Arawak. I am the pastor of Roots Revival Interfaith. We focus here on a connection between our intuitive intelligence, which is psychic, mediumistic, empathic ability, and astrology, as well as numerology, as the three key pieces of wisdom in the universe that help us to heal, help us to stay on path with our lives, and ultimately help us to go out and give healing and direction to other people. So I have with me today, Reverend Danny Johnson, our numerologist, and Reverend Christina Del Rey, our astrologer. Uh, we have Reverend Paul Casey, Healing Arts, here helping us with the technology tonight. I do also want to explain that we are an interactive church. So I encourage you guys to post your questions and comments in the feed. We'll be getting those up for us as we go along on the topic uh, today. And uh, also post your prayer and healing requests a little bit later in the service. We'll be getting to those. Everyone here on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe. If you on TikTok or YouTube want to see old services that we've done, you can um, click in the playlist, Roots Revival Interfaith, to see all of them here, as well as anywhere that you receive a podcast and donations are appreciated. All right, so today we are talking about bitter or better. How have your struggles strengthened you? I thought it would be nice to have a candid, unscripted dialogue on some of the struggles uh, that uh, Reverend Danny, Reverend Christina, and I have gone through um, in time and how we apply uh, the lessons that we've learned about choosing better over bitter. And um, to take the time today, I think it's important for all of us to reflect on how we are deliberately using our attention to convert through alchemy negative experiences in our lives into positive experiences, okay? Strength, wisdom, encouragement. And I think that if we don't regularly stop and do this, we could very easily overlook how strong we've become or we do run the risk of having sort of this underlying chip on the shoulder, bitter attitude, and we don't even realize that it's there. Okay, so it can really take over um, without even realizing it because it can be really ugly to look at. So I want to talk uh, just openly about uh, the three key areas in my life where I've had some of the most struggle and how I have decided to continuously every day go better instead of bitter. Okay, so the first category for me that's been there since birth is dealing with racism. Um, I grew up mixed, so I'm white and I'm Puerto Rican, Taino, right, which is native, unrecognized, but um, there is a lot of uh, genocide history and extinction going on with the Taino people. I talk about that openly um, on my accounts here. Um, so it wasn't only that, it was also being mixed. Puerto Rican, 
and white and having to grow up in the 80s and some through the 90s with that split dynamic in an atmosphere where it was not embraced. And so that was really difficult for me. I remember one summer, um, I was probably maybe seven or eight years old. I remember the kids in my neighborhood calling me the N-word and not fully understanding what that meant or that that was supposed to be a criticism. I knew that they were picking on me, um, but I didn't understand how ugly a word that was. And I remember that same summer having my aunt, who was Caucasian, take me and my white cousins to the park and we had a black child there call call us crackers. And so I was being called the N-word in one spot, a cracker in another spot, and then we I got attacked by a full-grown adult, a white neighbor um, of mine, when I was out playing kickball with the kids in the neighborhood. And he came out and every racial slur you can think of, you know, Puerto Rican punk this and, uh, you know, the S word and this and that. My mother ended up going to court because I was so attacked uh, by this grown man, you know, in my in my home, in my neighborhood. And that was just one summer. You know, things like this influence the way you think. And for everyone out there, you know, tuning into this or hearing this later, um, when you carry that type of energy in the back of your head all the time, waiting for a fight, never being able to relax, never fitting in, you know, you you start to just have a permanent chip on your shoulder if you let it be that way. And uh, so I think that that was one of the first battles that I recognized. I can feel normal. I can feel happy. I can be enjoying my life and I will go out into the world and I'll be taking some kind of a beating or putting up with someone else's ignorant nonsense every day of my life. It's gotten harder into adulthood, trying to get housing, trying to get loans, trying to get into normal things, you know, that someone who's white won't have to deal with. Uh, and it's um, a constant struggle to not allow that anger to take over because I have to work 10 times as hard to get less than half as much is how it feels a lot of the time. And I know a lot of people have it worse than I do. So, you know, what have I done? What have I done with that? Well, because of some of the attacks uh, that I've had to deal with, especially once I got older, girls, you know, attacking me at school. I went to um, a predominantly white school. And so if, if they bumped into me in public, they would throw glass bottles at my feet. Uh, every day when I got to school, I had racial slurs on my locker, gum on the back of my lock. Um, you know, it was just a hassle everywhere I went. So what you learn and what I have really been able to appreciate and even make a career out of and spread to the world around me is that my intuition is on point. Okay. So when you deal with stuff like this, uh, you have radar when it comes to people. You have radar when it comes to atmospheres. You have radar when it comes to events and gatherings. I think that we are incredibly skilled at learning to tell people's truth, learning to see who they really are, what they might be hiding, 
whether a situation, an atmosphere is toxic or dangerous, and we can feel it just like that. And so I've, I've uh, been able to increase my intuitive abilities by studying that. I have also made myself better instead of bitter by learning how this has really made me a good person. Uh, I have been able to see people for who they really are without judgment. I don't judge anyone, whether it's sexual orientation, it's their race, uh, it's their you know nationality, um, it's their preferences for, I know to, you know, disabilities, whatever it is, I know to listen to the real person, not be caught up with labels and images and societal, uh, you know, standards and things like this. I know um, how to work with all different kinds of people. So that has been an amazing journey. Um, I, I've also learned to fight. Okay, so once I figured out what was going on and how bad it really was, especially here in America, once I really figured it out, I got into activism. I mean, there wasn't, you know, a, there's not a fight I allow to pass by if I feel I'm called to stand up in it. And that's, uh, this is a place that I can tap into, you know, all those nasty uh, attacks that I've had to deal with to find that strength to keep going. You know, not only to make the world better for me and my kids, but for other people as well. I would say, too, the biggest lesson possibly that I've learned from all of this is not to focus on the bitter aspect of it. You know, we can't be afraid of hate. We can't be afraid of feeling hatred toward others. We can't be afraid of how angry we are. We have to say, okay, yeah, that's there. But instead of focusing on that, I'm going to focus on the better part. And the more I focus on how I can use this to be stronger and better and help myself and help others to grow, the less and less and less we see that bitterness uh, take charge. It becomes smaller because it's not being fed. So I've learned not to obsess over it or guilt myself about it or want to be better, and just to focus on the bettering part. Okay, another major struggle I had was growing up in a toxic family. No parents, two parents who didn't want me. Mother who kicked me out at nine years old was blatant about not wanting to have me around. Um, feeling, feeling so unloved from the people who are supposed to you know, love you unconditionally, or at least kind of help you out and throw you a bone here and there, you know, at least give you a roof over your head. To have none of that um, and to not have family that really stepped in and took me in because they didn't want to get caught up in the battle um, either set me on a really hard road where I, I had to learn that the world is a very, very dangerous place. And that the people you think might be there to be on your side could be opposite you. They could actually be there to take you down and out. I had to learn discernment, and that is how I used my bitter for better. I had to learn to look at family members, people I loved, my parents, my siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins. And I had to say, is this really a good person or is this person dangerous for me? And I learned at a young age, I was going to have to cut off and do no contact. And I got out into the world and I built my own family. I built my own way. 
But, you know, you have this deep hole, you have this gap because you weren't loved. So it becomes hard later in life to accept love, even when it is there. You're not used to it. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Um, it all makes things worse. So, you know, that's a whole learning process in itself. I would say, though, that I have learned to make the bitter better by loving myself first. Forget everybody else. Just love you. Take care of you. And to also understand that you can lean on spirit. You don't have to uh, wait for the humans to come and give you love. The universe is love. The universe provides you with support and protection and meets your needs. Spirit is there for you, even when the people around you are not. And I have also built that into um, an entire you know, career and movement that I help other people with because that never, ever fails. Um, I've also gone through a tremendous amount of poverty and having nothing as a kid. I remember like brushing our teeth with salt. We never had toilet paper. I never saw a paper towel. We rarely had food. We never had snacks or desserts. Um, it was a tough, tough situation. Didn't have clothes that fit, uh, maybe only like one outfit, you know, and I had to wear that a couple summers. Um, just uh, a lot of embarrassment, sort of a lot of shame even, and a feeling that I was never good enough for anything. If I ever got anything nice, I would always feel like, well, that's not for me. It doesn't fit. I can't accept it. It makes me feel awkward. I have learned to convert my bitterness from that into a better um, by being grateful. I notice now, you know, at 42, I am grateful for the little things. I'm grateful when the sun is shining. I'm, I can find something to be grateful for in the rain. I can sing in the valley. I don't always have to be at the mountaintop. I am appreciative of the food that I have, of the air in my lungs, my body functioning, um, you know, the clothes that I have. I am a minimalist. I really don't require very much. And I believe, too, that spirit is able to trust me with more abundance. So later in life, the abundance will come um, because you can be trusted to give it out. Whatever wealth I get, I put back out into the community. I put back out into the world around me to make it a better place. I have no plans uh, or obsession with hoarding wealth so that I get more for me, 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 me. So I think that if spirit, the universe can trust you, um, you know, to remove your ego, to remove greed, you've got a really good shot at getting a great amount of abundance uh, later in life, even if it was a very, very difficult time. I also appreciate with myself that I am uh, politically aware that I am mindful when it comes to others. I'm not greedy in the choices that I make that that uh, could put power in certain people's hands and wreck the lives of many innocent people. I don't have a greed mentality when I look out at the world, even though I'm a business owner, even though you know I work hard and I like to make my own money, um, I wanna make sure that everybody is taken care of and that things are still fair. Uh, it's not capitalism all the way. And I think that um, you know that's something that I don't know uh, I would have been able to embrace without walking that walk. 
And I think it's really um, important, especially with the changes that are going on in the world right now, where we have the awakening and more and more people are coming to that reality. I'm glad that I already arrived there. Okay, so these are just um, a couple of the areas uh, in my life where I've struggled. I think these are common areas for a lot of people to struggle. And uh, I hope that you know, everyone who identifies with this is taking the time to pat yourselves on the back and to really examine how else, you know, you're really doing a lot better instead of allowing it to take you down. Uh, Reverend Jenny or Reverend Christina, who wants to jump in on this next? Um, I can jump in. Um, I, um, Ivy, uh, Pastor Ivy, I've, you know, had the, um, the honor of hearing your story, because anytime we share our story, it's our treasure. Our narrative is the most important thing to us. So uh, there are some things that you just shared now that I didn't know. And so just honoring what you just shared and like the amazing human that you are and how much you pour into all of us and just want to uh, recognize that. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Mm -hmm. Um. I um, so appreciate when you were describing, and I think something that I think all of us have um, recognized is this concept of intention when it comes to finding the lessons in the in the the hurt and the pain that we go through and the, the struggles that we endure. And when um, feeling and kind of um, preparing for today and asking spirit, what was what is something that. I've found the lessons in because sometimes it's like when we go through things, we might compartmentalize or we might go through it, but we might it might not be quite as present. And the first thing that came to mind was the year 2019. So for me, the year 2019, the entire year was um, it was a blessing and there were a lot of lessons involved as well. 2019 was the year that I started training with Ivy in July of 2019. I can't believe it's like, oh, my gosh, today is the one year anniversary. Two-year anniversary, literally, because <laughs> we started on a Monday. I remember Monday. That's wow, wow. That's so serendipitous. That's wild. So, um, yeah, 2019 was the year that I was led to begin training with Ivy. Though I met her in 2016, it was 2015 or 2016, but 2019 was the year that it, I was meant to begin training with her. That was also the year that um, I endured probably some of the most um, some of the struggles that really um, taught me so much and that actually helped me to develop into the medium and the numerologist that I am today. So literally on uh, December, excuse me, January 1st, 2019, my grandfather passed away. He died. He uh, had COPD and some other health issues. And um, so then it was, you know, uh, and um, you know, losing him, that was, that was one thing. And then, uh, very often when, because my grandparents were married for, oh my gosh, 60 some years, I want to say, oh gosh, the, the number is escaping me at the moment, but they were together for a very, very long time. And soon after he, he crossed my grandmother's Alzheimer's, uh, really developed and it just exacerbated. And so I found myself, helping my mom who was, you know, dealing with this and then also um, helping my grandmother and for the first time, like changing my grandmother's diapers and um, 
helping her to understand that granddad was no longer here because she had Alzheimer's. She didn't quite understand that he was no longer here. And so um, really being able to, one of my lessons in, in that was to lean on my friends and lean on the people who had gone through this because God and the angels sent people to me who had loved ones who had dealt with Alzheimer's and they would tell me, have shorter conversations with your grandmother. Having longer conversations might frustrate her because she might not remember you know, something from an hour ago. So the uh, advice that I was given from friends and loved ones was uh, really, um, really powerful. The thing is, as with many um, soulmates who are together for a long time, granddad died in January 2019. And then five months later, grandma died in May of 2019. And it was in grandma's Alzheimer's that I understood what it meant to be able to communicate um, in spirit, through spirit, with someone dealing with Alzheimer's. And our conversations, like I could, we would be watching television, not a word would come out of her mouth, but I could feel and sense her laughing. Like I knew she was laughing at something. And I turned to her and said, Graham, what are you laughing at? She said, they're just silly. <laughs> and she just, so not many words would come out. But she was just, um, and it also taught me the, like, the power of joy because when I would go and see my grandmother, she wouldn't remember, couldn't remember what she ate for breakfast or what she ate for lunch. I would go to the hospital and then to the nursing home to feed her. And I asked, Graham, what'd you have for breakfast? She's like, I don't know. It's like, okay, what for lunch? I don't know. But what was so interesting is she loved BB King and the nurses were so supportive in allowing me to play music for her. So I got a whole playlist of BB King music and I remember playing it in her room and literally like maybe a couple of minutes before I started playing the music, grandma could not remember what she ate for breakfast or lunch. I started playing the music and she said, Caldonia. I said, grandma, what? And she said, Caldonia, that's, that's the song. So grandma couldn't remember what she ate for lunch because she could remember the name of a song from like 1978, just like that. So, the important stuff. Right, right. Yep, yep. So that was just um, so uh, really powerful lessons for me as well. And then, so grandma died in, November, in May of 2019. Then six months later, my mom died. So it was a matter of helping granddad, you know, granddad passing, helping mom and grandma through, helping grandma and mom through that grieving process, then helping mom through the grieving process of her mother. And then six months later, sitting in that space of, um, you know, mommy not being here. And so I uh, became really, really prayerful and I am so grateful and thankful to Ivy and to the Academy. I had, a, you know, a lot of folks who were so loving and uh, understood. I have, uh, there were moments when I needed a lot of alone time and a lot of solitude, but then also love community as well. And it there, it, it, I re, there is just absolutely no um, doubt in my mind that I was sent to Ivy to learn about the art of mediumship when mom passed. And I remember at the time Ivy's, um, uh, mediumship course was split into two, so part one, part two. And I remember we finished part one on November 4th. Mommy died November 9th. And then we started level two on 11-11 that following Monday. And I didn't skip a beat. Something said, just keep going. And mom ended up being almost my teacher in spirit, showing me how to become a medium in her passing. So 
in uh, being very, very prayerful and asking for the lessons in all of this, one of the things that uh, really came through is the fact that in terms of my gratitude, mom, grandma, or granddad, they didn't have to deal with COVID. Like they didn't have to deal with with the health issues that they were dealing with. Grandma with Alzheimer's, granddad with COPD and some of his other health issues, mommy with an autoimmune disease. None of them had to worry about COVID and they never, never didn't have to worry about what it meant to have to go to mandatory doctor's appointments and have to wear masks and have to worry about catching a disease that could have, that could take them out. Something else in terms of um, my gratitude is the fact that I had the chance to be next to mom when she crossed. I can I have I, I hear so many stories and my heart breaks for people during the course of this pandemic whose loved ones have passed away and all they might get is a FaceTime call with the per, with their loved one before they before they cross because they weren't allowed in the hospital. I myself, my dad and I were next to my mom and I was able to, you know, literally be fetal, like a foot and a half away from her, giving her Reiki before she crossed and being able to hold her and hug her after she crossed, she, she passed away. So that is something that I will never take for granted and finding the gratitude and being grateful for having um, had the opportunity to have to be able to have been able to hold her after she crossed. and. Right now, the thing that I just, I am so tickled by how much mommy loves Ivy. Mom can't get enough of Ivy. And she now is one of Ivy's assistants in the academy. She pops her little self in when I went to the um, to Ivy's open house up in Dunkirk. I felt her there, like she just made herself at home. So um, she wasn't done with her healing work and her life contract work is still going on. And she has uh, found a place in this work that we're doing. And um, with all everything that happened in 2019, it taught me about what it means to be a medium. It taught me about uh, numerology. My mom uh, passed on 1119. 11 is a master number, one of the most spiritually charged numbers in numerology. And then the number nine represents the completion of a cycle. So mom literally crossed on 11-9. And I know that mom, uh, largely, my mediumship comes from her and her lineage. So um, everything is connected. Nothing is coincidence. And that is how I've been able to find the gratitude and um, just have such appreciation for the experience that I've had. And, you know, nothing will ever uh, replace her being her earth side. But feeling her every day, knowing that she is present, her um, it, developing her own communication in ways of like leaving feathers different places and the way that she communicates with my dad and with family is just, um, just very grateful. So that's kind of how I've been able to um, feel gratitude and still feel gratitude and know how I can continue to do so, um, you know, if other things were to happen in life. And, and I just want to say before um, we get on to Reverend Christina here, uh, Danny, how amazing that is because so many people lose multiple people all at once. We tend to travel in groups. It's not unheard of to lose. You know, they always say sets of three. It can be like three to five. And it's incredibly difficult. But the way that you have used each opportunity to, re, you know, come to terms with some of those realities, including one of the most important ones, 
which is that we choose our time to go. And often the alternative could have been far, far worse. Could have been dragged out. It could have been more miserable. We know this. We don't remember that we know this. But that's the time that we chose before we came to Earth. You know, there is divine timing in passing. And I think it is so amazing, too, when we see groups pass away around the same time, that they're there to help the other ones to cross. And I think it brings in a lot of strength and support to know that eventually when it's your turn, they will be there to help you. And in between, you'll be working from the other side. You know, your mom being an assistant here, one of the three assistants we have on the other side. Um, that's absolutely amazing how you've used it uh, to strengthen yourself and, and to help others, how it's made you this incredible medium so that you can channel for other people immediately. Wow. Thank you so much, Ivy. Wow. Uh, uh, Reverend Christina, what did you want to say on this? Also, just before we get to Reverend Christina here, um, if you guys want to post your questions or comments, we're an interactive church. We'll be taking those here in a minute. Also post your prayer and healing requests. We'll be getting to those in a bit and donations are appreciated. Christina. Okay, so I think that I was um, I was a bitter person because I did suffer from various things um, as a child, uh, physical, verbal, and mental abuse, um, bullying, poverty, basically mostly abuse from men. Um, and, you know, I was always like, oh, that's always happening to me. You know, I became like the victim. And I think I just got tired of it one day. And I was like, this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. And it, it, I think people think it's normal to be bitter because you see so many bitter people. You see people who have the chip on their shoulder. And it, it's very rare not to. Like if somebody doesn't, they sort of stand out. And, you know, now what I know, and I wish I would have known it earlier, but, you know, divine timing. Um, you know, the, the planets will come around and make hard aspects to your planets. And that will teach you lessons. It will put you through hardship for a reason. And maybe you don't know the reason right away, but there is a reason. And one of the things that, you know, we need to work on as a society is acceptance of that bad things happen. And that much of it is out of our control. You know, we have some control, but much of it is out of our control. What we do have control over is um, gaining control of the mind. Um, and that is where, you know, we have the mental health problems and all these things coming in. So people think that it's kind of normal to be bitter and very few make it out better. And it's, it, it's, it's sad, but because, you know, when bad things are happening to you, it's so easy to slip down the rabbit hole of why me, you know, these bad things only happen to me. I need to escape. And for me, I was just tired of being that person. I, I knew I had to become another person because you can't think the same way and get better. You have to completely change your way of thinking a hundred percent. So it's like you have to retrain your mind 
a hundred percent. And you know, the, because the more you do the negative self-talk and we've talked about this, there's addiction, you know, the chemical addiction of negativity. So it is up to you and it's a choice. And you don't think it's a choice because people don't present it like that, but you have to use your will to change. And that's where the hard part comes in. So that's where the weak fall and the strong survive and the strong become better and the weak fall and become bitter. So you have to ask yourself, am I strong or am I weak? And I knew I'm not a strong physically person, but I'm a very strong mentally mentally person. So I knew I could overcome. And, you know, and, and then all the things that te that Ivy teaches, forgiveness, forgiveness is not about them. It's about you not holding on, um, you know, and, and, you know, when you feel those disturbances, really feel it, really feel how bad things suck, and then let it go. Um, get the energy flowing again, live from your heart chakra, and the best thing that I have found is to sit in gratitude or to sit in love, that vibration. And sometimes you're feeling so bad, it's really hard to conjure up that feeling. But if you are mentally strong enough to do it and you sit in it, you're sitting in a higher vibration. You have to think, you have to you have to take, you have to bring in higher than you feel. So it's like you have to think higher than you're feeling. So there's a difference. And then you can raise it up. And if you, when you sit in that gratitude or you sit in that love, then you're going to start attracting it to you. But if you sit in that bitterness, you're going to get more of that. So it's just so important when you, and then, you know, when you meditate as well, you go into, um, you know, kind of like the lucid dreaming that you talk about, Ivy. You go like between halfway between um, sleep and halfway between wake. That area there, if you can go in, all of a sudden your problems aren't there anymore. And you allow spirit to come in. And then possibilities can happen. And too many times we just think, you know, when something bad happens, life is over. This is it. You know, and we don't realize that life is all about regeneration and rebuilding. And you may have to rebuild several times that might be in your life contract. But, you know, if you are, you know, we, we always say, right, like Ivy always says fear or um, love, love or fear. Right. So, you know, bitter is, is fear and, you know, and better is love. So you have to make that choice um, on your own. And, you know, you have to evolve because life is all about evolving and evolving spiritually. And once you do this and you see the amazing things that can come out of it, you will be hooked because you'll be like, I had no idea I could manifest like this. You know, I, have, I had no idea that I could, um, that this was available to me, you know. So anyway, that's where I am on my journey. I love that. I, I love that. I, I, I like how you're saying this was available to me. And and that's, I think, the hardest thing for people to grasp. It is available to you. It's available to all of us. But like Christina said, if you don't overcome your feelings by getting control of your mind, 
it's not going to seem as though it is available to you because you can't use it. You can't channel it. You know, you can't adopt it. And if you can't form a new habit doing that, how do you become hooked on positivity? You don't. You just stay down low in the battle all the time. So um, that's excellent. Danny, you were going to say something? Um, I just love when Christina said you've got to think higher than you feel. And it's just that just resonated with my soul because there are moments when I'm sitting and I'm feeling a certain way and it's just might want to will myself to feel better. But it's just the thinking higher than how would you feel? That is just thank you. Thank you for that. That was a gift. Um, uh, just a trick that I use. I don't know. Like I, I, I can just picture like, you know, the love coming from God into the heart chakra and then it going up. So and even if you have to like use, you know, like I use sometimes my children, you know, the love for my children or the, their love for me. And then I like bring it in to anything to get yourself into a higher vibration and then bring more of it in. And then you are. You're, you're making your brain and your heart go together. So it's almost like you're going to attract higher vibrations. I've been doing this for a long time and it's working. <laughs> it's working. And it really is the natural flow of the universe. The universe supports it. So it's not like, you know, we're going against the grain when we're not doing it. And we have a free mini class. Paul, if you could put that in the comment section called emotion versus intuition. So if you're one of these people that always feels like, why is it always me? I have this bad luck. I've had a horrible life, you know, this and that. Oh, I wish I could, but, you know, easier said than done. When you have that down attitude about everything, because it's so darn hard, it could be that your emotions are just overriding your intuition. Your natural intuitive ability connects you directly to what Christina is talking about. The universe, healing energy, that higher power, it is there for you. Uh, but you, you've got to learn to get out of the feelings. So that mini class can help. We have some tools in there as well. Okay, so I know we have um, some questions and comments coming in. If you guys have not already posted your prayer and healing requests, now would also be the time for that. Do you want to start popping them up, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Um, silly rabbit here. Okay, let me see. Spirit has always been there, reminding me that I was not alone or abandoned, even though I felt that way a lot by my family. Um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, that's what we were just talking about a second ago, too, is that there's always a truth that's higher, you know, even though we won't be feeling it physically, mentally, emotionally, we may not be feeling it. It is present. And that is an amazing feeling to start knowing that you can just lean into that more instead of all those bad feelings. You guys just feel free to jump in if you have something to say. I think we have a lot. So we're just going to keep putting them up and you guys just, uh, Danny and uh, Christina, just jump in when you have something. Uh, so we have one from Shauna also. From all of the abuse I grew up with, I chose to be stronger, to not let it ever bring me down. I've seen others in the family or friends that have let it overcome them. I will not, um, I will not let that negativity get that control. That's good. I think that's a great point, too, is that we can look around at people who have gone dark or gone sour, you know, or are teetering all the time. They can't seem to stay consistently on a higher path. 
and to say, I don't want to go down that road. You know, learn from observation. Absolutely. There's a lot of strength in that. I feel, I feel too, like, um, if you really know who you are on the inside, if you have integrity and you, um, you know, you, you have honesty and you, you, you feel strong inside, you can overcome that. It's, it's the people who really don't know who they are or they're walking around living a lie. You know, they don't have the strength. So it's really like, it's almost like, you know, like Shauna probably felt like, you know, this is wrong and I know who I am and I'm not going to, you know, put up with that. But you, it's almost like you have to know that at the core of your being to be strong. And I would imagine that, um, so when we're younger and we see, especially folks who are older, um, behaving a certain way or acting a certain way. And when we're younger, we think to ourselves, okay, you know, mm -mm, that's the one I'm not, I don't, I do not want to emulate that. And um, when um, Shauna, I, 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 this, I'm not sure if this is the case or not, but if seeing when, if when you were younger, seeing the impact that not taking control and not uh, being uh, deliberate in what you allow in, what you don't allow in, seeing what the impact that that can have on folks who are who are a bit older than you, um, I'm glad that you uh, took that you took your power, that you kept your power, and you didn't give your power away in that way. I'm glad that you didn't. Breaking generational curses right there. Very nice. Very nice. We have another one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one is a question. Okay. Uh, Vanessa says, how do you break down your heart chakra walls? I know, Christina, you just actually talked about that a second ago in intuitively. Um, from, my, from my own experience, I am finding that may be the most difficult part of the journey. Um, I find that I can't really accept very comfortably compliments, love from someone else, loyalty. When someone genuine is around me, I still, I can't. It's like, it's not in my nature uh, to understand how to work with that. So uh, one of the things that I do is to be more mindful. I will periodically force myself to sit down and think, who do I have around me that I really appreciate? I appreciate Reverend Danny. I appreciate Reverend Christina. I appreciate Reverend Paul. You know, who are the people that I can trust? Who are the people um, that are giving me love and support and that I work with all the time to build important things? And I think about it. I meditate on it. And I make sure that I try to act normal. Like try to act like uh, it's almost like behavioral modification, right? In therapy. Um, okay, well, how can you foster those healthy relationships and a healthier heart for yourself? You know, by, I think recognition is really key. And then allowing for that, for that relationship to grow through gratitude. I think that works for me, but it's a long journey. Um, I think as Leo's, uh, Danny and I already are very familiar with the heart, you know, because Leo rules the heart. But often, like, what you can do is, like, you know, you can, there are ways that you can meditate where you can bring the energy up from the, um, you know, from the base chakra and bring it up, like, consciously through, like, breath work. Um, and you should be opening 
your heart chakra, um, you know, and letting, letting yourself hurt and then trying to release it through the top of the head. Um, so there are some ways to do that, like in meditation. My, my suggestion with that is meditation. And like Ivy said, gratitude too, because you, you want to be able to feel good through the heart too. So if you're, if you're in gratitude, you can feel that way, but you know, bringing up stuff from the survival chakra and living more from the heart chakra, um, really makes life so, so much better. Um, I wholeheartedly connect with um, with Christina with regards to the, the connection to the heart. It just so is the center of who we are as um, as Leo women. And one of the things is over the past, I'd say, year that has helped me to connect with and break down um, the like any walls that may be building up around my heart chakra is um, essential oils. So my friend, and it's like so for for anyone and many of us. Um, I know Christina and um, uh, Reverend Christina and Pastor Ivy and I, we all feel a connection with nature. And the thing is with, um, I have a friend who's an herbalist and she's uh, studied in the Celtic uh, herbalist tradition. And she described how uh, roses are warrior herbs. So um, in times of war, uh, warriors would keep roses on them, uh, on their person, because the oil from the uh, rose petals both softened the heart and uh, strengthened the heart at the same time. So it allowed for any uh, buildup or any um, pain that was around the heart to be healed, but then it also kept the heart strong. And the rose itself, the, the like the petals of the rose being soft, but then the thorns being protective also, um, and I actually have some essential oil here. Um, it's just this little tiny little uh, valve of it, or vial of it rather. Um, I, I think I got it from Ulta if I'm not mistaken, but sometimes what I'll do is in, in a moment when I am just really, like sometimes our heart chakra says, okay, we're gonna deal with this right now and good luck if you don't. So I will put a little bit of rose oil on my hands. I'll rub it together. I will smell the oil. I'll do some breathing exercises. And then as Christina suggested, I meditate and I allow for the oil to go where it needs to. And with the scent, it really does. It, it helps in, in that way. I love that. When it's time to release, release. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like don't yeah. keep it later, later, later. No, 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 no. Now, um, also, and I will butter Christina up uh, to do this soon enough. I'm working on her little by little on things um, <laughs> that I want to see her do through the academy. But we were talking about her leading a, a meditation class or even a couple of them through videos. So maybe this would be a great first topic uh, to open up that heart shock. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. Do we have another one? I support okay. that too. Yes, we all support this. We need... We have no meditation classes up right now. Uh, so this one is from TikTok. Okay, so, the, oh, lovely Rose. Interesting, 333. Ivy, did you ever develop a spiritual ego on your journey? Um, I guess it depends on what you mean by spiritual ego. Uh, I remember a lot of people when I first came out working for the public, they were all like hoping I'd go down, you know, because there's that sick mentality in this, field when you think of it as business, you don't realize it's light work and that there's plenty for everybody. Um, so I remember everyone saying that about me 
one day her ego is going to take over and she's going to implode. And that was repeatedly said among people who would try to throw negativity at me and attack me. And uh, that never happened. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the one of the things with ego in that way um, is that I had to deal with that all before I really started doing this work because coming into this type of work, uh, I had to be willing to abandon my degree, abandon my plans, abandon things I had worked really, really hard for in order to be of service and follow spirit. There's really not a lot of ego in that. So I don't know what they were seeing and hoping. I think they were coming from a very different place. Ego in regards to fear or control, um, that one I struggle with all the time. And I think it's just because of the way I wasn't raised. I didn't have a family to count on. Every time I went outside, there was a hassle and a battle. You know, the world's a dangerous place. And when you do this work, you get under attack more. And so um, it has been a hard journey. I think it will always be tough to let go of my ego, which is fear and control, and just abandon everything to just trust spirit. But I have learned that the faster I do that, the better off I am. So the minute I know spirit told me to do something, the minute I know it's coming from my gut intuition, I don't care what I'm feeling emotionally. I don't care what logically I had is plans. I will abandon that without thinking and move towards spirit. And then I can establish these habits of being more faithful, but that one's tough. What about you? Did you have did you have anything uh, to add to this one? <clears throat> um, yeah, I think I had a spiritual ego for sure. <laughs> In the beginning, I think you do, and then you realize that there's no room for that. Um, just constantly working on yourself to not have it. You're always going to have an ego, like you know, you can't get rid of it. But um, I think like just constantly working on yourself to keep it in check is the most important thing. I don't know. What do you think, Danny? Um, I think the biggest part of my ego definitely was, I remember um, being, and I think this may have come up in your astrology course and definitely in um, Ivy's mediumship course. I remember sitting in Jan's house and I remember we were talking about giving reading, like mediumship readings. And I remember saying, Oh, I'm just so afraid of, I'm not going to get it right. I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. And Ivy said, that is ego. <laughs> like, hold on. Like, no. And it's just, it's, it's when some, and messages are coming through from spirit, it's just, you don't have any room for, well, what if I, and it's like, you're not even, and I so greatly appreciate her for saying, it. it's like, you're not even important. You're not, you don't matter. <laughs> like, you're just yeah. the vessel. You yeah. are the mess, you know, you're just, the, the vessel through which it comes. And um, and I just, I remember this, I feel like I remember it coming up in multiple spaces, but that is where the spiritual ego, um, I had to really um, fight that. And well, not fight, but just work through it rather. And um, not allow for, well, what if I say something wrong? And what if I interpret something wrong? And, and it's just, Ivy just said, that is ego. Like, no, there's no room for it. That's yep. so true, I think, because um, whenever somebody starts to give me credit, 
I do go back and say, it's, you know, I do remind myself, it's not me. It's spirit working through me, you know, and even as a teacher, you know, I mean, I have plenty of those moments, you know what I mean? But I always have to remember, it's not you. <laughs> and we're Leos, so we tend toward ego. Um, yeah, we do. So, you know, we do have to keep it in check quite a bit. Keeps you humble. It really does. Keeps you humble to remember. You wouldn't have any of this. You wouldn't be capable of any of this if they weren't working through you all the time. You know, it keeps it in perspective. We have another one. Okay. Do we have uh, any requests here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I don't know if you guys have any closing statements before we get into prayer and healing requests. Um, I guess if I were to uh, say one thing about choosing, um, you know, being better over bitter, it is that the payoff is definitely there. It is a lot of work to take that route. Um, but when we look around and we see so many people taking the lazy route, um, living in their pain, making their pain their identity, not having anything bigger um, to offer the world around them, you know, make, make, make the choice that you don't want to feed that darkness that you want to do better than that and be better than that and that the universe supports better than that and that the world greatly needs better than that and take that you know first step out in blind faith every time uh you go through a struggle and know that the universe will build you up and support you give you the strength and show you what the next step will be um, and you're going to have to fight against your emotions, fight against sometimes even, you know, your physical body, your mental state in order to do that. But it is so worth it because once you are tapped into source and you are able to feed from that positivity, um, it's going to be a whole new world. It's like waking up. Um, absolutely. Um, in addition, I would uh, just add that um, if, for anyone who might be in a place where sometimes um, commiserating on something, especially among people with a group of people can sometimes, and, and understandably so, if you've been through something or something has caused you harm and you want to process and talk about it, the second you decide that you're done and you are ready to then find the lesson, find the gratitude, you don't need permission from anyone to change your mindset. You don't have to ask, you know, is it okay for me to do this? And unfortunately, and I so appreciate uh, Reverend Christina bringing up the fighting the dark um, class a little bit earlier, because in those moments when you are ready to elevate and to um, operate at a higher frequency, folks who may have felt um, a sense of connection to that uh, sense of bitterness might be resentful to you, toward you for wanting to think differently. But you don't have to ask permission ever to change your mindset. It's between you, God, and your ancestors and spirit. And that's your prerogative and it's your right, your God-given right. And you have so much to do, so much that's waiting for you. And you don't deserve to have to miss out on it because you're not focusing on the lessons and the gratitude. I think, I think we should say too, just piggybacking off of what Danny's saying, the fight the dark, um, 
when you decide to become another person, when you decide that you are going to think differently, you're not going to be bitter, you're going to be better. Um, everyone's going to look at you like you, there's something wrong with you, you know, and you're going to, they're going to be like, well, she's not right. She's not sitting here complaining. You know what I mean? Like she must, she must need medication or she must need to go see somebody because it's, you're not fitting into everybody else's expectations of you. You're not fitting into their box anymore. You're not fitting in. And my thing is stand out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, own that. You know, I'm not going to be that person anymore. I'm not like you anymore. Sometimes those people have to leave your life because you're no longer that person. So those are wise words, Danny. Thank you. Sorry, Harris. Yes. Absolutely. Our healing journey is our own. That is for sure. It, it's a journey. It really is a journey you take alone. You know, I, I don't think we ever really realized that, you know, somebody can't come in and rescue you. This is it. Um, we have our prayer requests. We ready to get started? Okay, so we are going to move into the prayer and healing requests. If you guys haven't posted them yet, feel free to do so now. If you uh, are watching this video or listening to this podcast later, um, feel free to continue to post in the comment sections. We do check them and pray over them afterward as well. Okay, so if we could all just collectively come together to offer up these requests and healings. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being with us today and always. We thank you for the strength, the direction, the guidance that you give. We ask that you hear our prayer and healing requests today and offer support in these areas and for those who tune in later. And who do we want to start with? Okay, our first one from Lovely Rose. Please get a prayer for my mother who's struggling with addiction and homelessness. Okay, asking that those chains are broken from her mother that she can get the upper hand on these situations and make her way to freedom and protect Rose as well from being drained. Help her to know where her boundaries need to be and to stay within the lines so she can also protect herself during this process. We have another one from Bethany. I would like to pray for my brother, Jeffrey. He returned home, had 20, was missing 20 days. We learned that he has been using drugs. Okay, prayers over Jeffrey. Again, please help uh, Bethany and her family, friends to understand where the boundaries need to be in regards to Jeffrey so that no one is enabling or becoming drained. Please help Jeffrey to be able to break those chains, get access to the resources that he needs, and to believe in a better life for himself, because the universe helps, helps him to create that. We have another one from Mary Magdalene. I need purpose and direction, please. Please help Mary understand the still small voice within what she came to earth to do, what her greater purpose is 
in all of her current circumstances and relationships and to tap in to that higher vibration instead of the lower energies, help it become more obvious to her and help her to have the strength to embrace that truth as she goes forward. And do you guys have any additional prayers that you wanted to add to this? Um, one prayer I'd like to ask uh, or add rather is um, for anyone who might be working toward creating change and breaking uh, cycles and systems of oppression when it comes to healing and activism and uh, creating a more equitable world for anyone who might be feeling weary and tired and who might feel as though they've been working at it for a long time, and uh, whether that be a series of weeks, months, days, uh, years, whatever that might feel like, and you just feel weary and tired, I pray that they be uplifted and uh, poured into by spirit and the ancestors, and that they um, not only take the time that they might need to uh, recuperate their energy, but to remember the long, the long-standing impact and the um, the impact that they're having, and that they know how meaningful their work is, regardless of the changes that they might be seeing right now. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you so much, um, everyone, for being with us here for another Sunday service at Roots Revival Interfaith. Uh, again, where our focus is on intuitive intelligence, that's psychic, mediumistic, and empathic, as well as astrology and numerology is the three sources of wisdom, strength, and guidance in the universe. So we hope to see you back here again next Sunday, 9 p.m. are our summer hours. And um, if you want to check out old services, you could do that here on YouTube at Ask Ivy in the playlist under Roots Revival or anywhere that you receive a podcast. Thank you, Reverend Christina, Reverend Danny, Reverend Paul, and, thank you. Uh, and everyone who's here tonight. And thank you for the donations also. Okay. Thank you so much. It was wonderful being here with all of you. Yes, it really was. I'm so glad we had time to reflect on this. So important. We all need to just pat ourselves on the back sometimes and do a, an assessment on how well we really are doing and where we can use some improvement. Okay, so keep up the good work. And thank you, Spirit, always for being here. We'll see you guys next week.